1: Hey, Lots of geez. life stuff going on, but we are back. I'm joined as always by my co host, Nat Swanson. What's up, buddy?
0: Hey buddy, dude. I'm glad to be back, man. It's been so long. I've been I've been itching to I've been itching to record again, man. Like we've had so much going on in the last couple of months that uh mm-hmm. life just happens, right? And
1: yeah you can't
0: you can't fight it.
1: And then you're but, in a spicy mood today too, so Man, I'm just, we're just ready to go. We just got done with the Monday Night Quarterback,
0: which was a great Monday Night Quarterback. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, But yeah, you're right. I'm spicy. But yeah, dude, lots of stuff been going on in your life, man. You moved. uh, Yeah. You know, you uh, got a new job. Like there's like, yeah,
1: I uh, moved from Tampa to Orlando with uh, to move in with my girlfriend who was nice Mm -hmm. enough to uh, let me into her home. I mean, she is a saint. She is yes, yeah, she, saint. she's an absolute saint to deal with me and and my crazy dogs. Yes. Um, I got a new job, so I left Hillsborough Community College, and now I'm up at University of Central Florida thank doing you. some IT work. So it's uh it's definitely a change. Congratulations, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know this is now the second week. I started that there last week, and then you know last. Couple months since we recorded last, um, we had junior showcase, done a uh, SP trip, um, went on a cruise. Somehow I got influenza A, and Carla got influenza B. Like we had two different strains of the flu, but we were staying in the same room. Like what the heck? On um, the same
0: cruise, right? On the like,
1: same cruise, we got two different versions of the flu. Cruises and are petri um, dishes, man. Oh, I know. And on top of that, um, it's funny when we got back, started telling everybody we went on carnival and everyone was like, Oh, that's like the Walmart of cruises.
0: Interesting.
1: So, uh, and you know, we weren't surprised that, uh, that we got sick and I'm still fighting a cough. So I might hit the, uh, the, the, the mic dump button here, like, and and, and have to cough like I just did. So um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was nice. I hadn't been on an actual vacation in a, like, and all like that was the first time I'd been on vacation since I was like 20.
0: So, Dude, right. And you got to do it. Like, I will say you got to do it in the middle of the hockey season. You got to go like,
1: I know I, right? I missed, I missed the Tampa USPHL showcase, which oh, no. yeah, but it was worth it. it was worth missing so no big deal there and hockey will always be there right like going on a cruise with my girlfriend and her friends was a little more important oh absolutely
0: man plus again like you come back refreshed because you got to take a weekend off right while the rest of us are slogging through the season trying to get over that mid-season slump trying to like you know trying to figure out hey why didn't i just call that penalty Uh, i saw it my arm should have gone up and i didn't call it like why yep. not? Right? Like, yeah, I was, that. I was
1: itching, and it was funny. Like the first, I skated the the Fort Myers Showcase, had a month off, and then the next time I skated was an SP game in Pensacola. <laughs> so oh, I'm like, man. okay, well, right back into it, and it was fun. We had we had a good weekend. Um, a couple weekends ago, uh, I I flew, which that was cool. So We got to, um, wait
0: wait. All right, so let's talk about that for a second, right? Let's talk about the difference sure. between driving 10 hours to a game and flying right so so what's the Uh, difference you know uh
1: the difference was i you know i got i get up to pensacola and i'm like hey my my back doesn't hurt from sitting in the car for six and a half seven hours or you know i felt refreshed i didn't like didn't have that mental you know exhaustion already going out on the ice um no it was just it was just different it was nice i flew up on silver little uh atr 72 600 uh so a little turbo prop um it was fun we were going uh we were going i think we got passed by a couple of birds um, <laughs> i'll be 100 percent. i'm pretty sure we got passed by a seagull awesome because <laughs> um, they don't go very fast but no it was it was a cool experience getting to fly um and then, uh, yeah, going and working and we did the typical, um, well, we went to Meguiar's after and I had a couple of Irish wakes and I was done. So then, uh, that's and fair. It, we ended up talking to the guy that's like the GM of Maguire's yeah, for like 45 minutes. And then we were just like, you know what, we won't go to Savelle this trip
0: that's awesome so we just
1: we just went to mcguire's and had a couple irish weeks i had a burger one of the guys and then the guys got one guy one guy just got a steak and then uh well colton got a steak and uh dan got um he got some like lamb like lamb lamb,
0: yeah 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 the lamb uh yeah dude you know what i'm talking about yeah dude i mean like and then uh if anybody, so there are two McGuire, right? So what we're talking about to anybody who's not familiar there, there's two restaurants in kind of Northwest Florida called McGuire's. There's one in yep. Pensacola. and There's one. In he Testament. said they're
1: building a third. No way. Yeah. They're getting ready to build a third, I think in Panama city. Well, that makes said.
0: sense. But, but the whole thing is they're, they're an awesome Irish bar. Uh, they're the original place in the United States where they put dollar bills, uh, In the bar, so people would staple a dollar bill on the wall,
1: and then they were the first craft brewery in Florida. Correct?
0: Yeah. Yes. And uh, so they have their own beers. They've got the the dollars on the wall. You can sign all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm pretty sure. So every ten years or so, they take the money down and donate them to charity and start over again. Is Mm -hmm. what I maybe they don't do
1: that. They count it.
0: Oh, (laughs) really?
1: they got like a uh, well, million they got almost they have almost 2 million dollars in there
0: yeah right i I, mean, I know it's insured because the guy talked about how like they've got to be insured by like Lloyd's yeah. of London yeah uh someone told me that they they would be awesome if they donated to charity and i believe that as my second lieutenant uh in Pensacola yeah no mine. they don't but they don't yeah no that. that's that's it's awesome. just all hanging
1: so, up and it's uh
0: it's interesting so but but they have um awesome Awesome food. They have really good beers. They have really good uh, Irish. And the entertain-
1: but you go for the live entertainment, right? There's the, yeah. the guy that sings and makes people kiss the moose.
0: Kiss the moose, right? Yeah, you that, know. So, so there's a big moose head over the, you know, yeah. sticking out of the wall, and it's generally an attractive woman, but sometimes it's a dude, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, but yeah, McGuire's yeah, is one of those places where if you can go,
1: yeah, um, get
0: get the boxties as an appetizer. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you're just and get definitely an get a couple week. Irish wakes, yeah, and then just yep. kind of go from there, so yeah, but yeah, you know, good trip you know it has been uh like you said you know like eight, seven six seven weeks since we recorded, and yeah. um I put a one thing out that we're gonna talk about be the rule changes, um yeah, you know, uh, so we're gonna talk about that some or potential submissions of rule changes in the process Correct. and all that, yeah, um, what have you been doing? Dude, I have
0: been, so I've actually been busy. Um, so I went to, uh, so I, I got to go back home to Virginia to, uh, to visit my brother. I had both of my brothers at uh, my mom's house, my mom and dad's house. It's the first time that we've all been together on Christmas in 10 years. Um, oh, man. Because one, you know, one is a firefighter. The other is, uh, is also a pilot in the Air Force. So nice. uh, made my mom really happy. Uh, it made all of us really happy. But, yeah, you know, my for mom was, sure. you know, but, but mom had her boys home. So yep. she was super happy. Um, and, and everything else in life is going to pause for that. And then, uh, yeah, um, came back, uh, Western Michigan, got some really cold weather. We've got snow. We had ice. We had negative 20 degree temperatures with negative 35 degree uh, wind chills. Oof. I had to buy some new gloves because my snow, but, but my hands froze. Um, when I was using my gloves on my snowblower. So if anybody wants to come to Western Michigan, um, yeah, like you can snowball no thanks. Right. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. thank right. you. I I'll saw take, a thing. I'll
1: take my six to eight feet of sunshine every day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I hate you so
0: much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been working the ACHA pretty hard in the MHSA, right? Just, yep. just doing that stuff. We've had some really good games. Um, man, there, there's been a lot of like in the hockey world here, there's been a lot of, I will say that Western Michigan has been playing a lot better than they, uh, than they have. So, um, for the, for the club teams, uh, the D one club team, which is, which is really kind of cool to see them grow. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but you know, it's, it is the mid season, Playoff fight uh, here in Western Michigan for yeah. all the ACHA guys. Well, it's not uh,
1: even mid-season. Like we're about done.
0: Yeah, you're not ACHA. wrong. Yeah,
1: right. Our, so uh, our playoffs for College Hockey South are um, D one and Women's is the ninth, the the ninth and tenth and eleventh of February. Yep. The following weekend is our D two playoffs, and I think the weekend after that is our D three playoffs. Yeah, and then nationals is. Starts March 6th. Right. So, so, like, we're six weeks away from at least the AAU college hockey nationals, and probably, I think, ACHA nationals is the week after.
0: Yeah. So, oh, and the big thing on that is every game is starting to matter, right? Not starting oh, yeah, to matter. Sure. Every game matters. So, yep. the score matters. Every game matters. Penalty, you know, penalty minutes matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff matters. But yeah, um, I've been trying to juggle that. And then, eh, everybody knows in the world that uh you know the middle east is is heating up so
1: well, they're keeping you busy man yeah
0: that that, that we'll just of, leave it at that yeah <laughs> we'll just leave it at that right like that part of the world is busy so work has been uh has been good it's been busy it's been good uh trying to and i will say like i'm very thankful for hockey to to be able to to pull me out of that world and get me into something that's that's positive and, and, and stress, stressful in a good way. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. having the best seat on the ice, getting a good skate in it's, it's why we do it right. It, 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 you know, the reason that we referee games is because we love the game. Hockey players can do some really cool things. Um, I will say that, uh, Saturday night. So it is Monday night. So Saturday night I had hope playing grand Valley, uh, it, you know, so a couple of top 10 teams in ACHA, they packed the house, no joke, standing room only Love it. for a ACHA D3 game. And it was a two to one game, um, one goal th- throughout the entire game. We had maybe six penalties, all minors. And it was just, even for four man, you were sweating, right? They, they made us move. It, it, it was one of those games that, uh, you know, for for all of the folks that say, Club hockey isn't college hockey. I will say that, like, come work this game, right? Like, yeah. just come work this game. Yeah, these guys. Be the in this environment. Are
1: and, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, come yeah. work this game. Be in this environment. The crowd is yelling. The players are playing their hearts out, uh, and all four officials are skating their asses off. So, um, no, it's not. It's not NCAA D one. Uh, you know, uh, like varsity caliber.
1: Yeah, but it's but still good at, hockey
0: but it's still great hockey, you know? Exactly. So, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I, I think we just, uh, I think we jump in to, first of all, the breaking news of today, USA hockey. And we all, we all saw this coming, not really going to spend much time on it. Um, net guards are mandatory come August 1st for any skater under the age of 18. Um, and I'm 99.9% sure that includes referees. So, um, referees under 18. Correct. So basically if you're under 18 and you play and you referee, you're just going to wear your mouth, your, your mouth guard, your neck guard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you're going to wear your neck guard, um, (sighs) uh, um, while you're working. Yeah. I know there are guys that are already wearing net guards. Hey, good on you. If that, you know, um, if any of the pro leagues I work say we got to wear them, we'll wear them. Yeah. Um, and in the coast, we have to wear slash proof socks. So we have um Swiftwick socks that have like a Kevlar type weave in it that covers from um, our Achilles up to the top of our calf. And then we also have to wear wrist protectors that go from like the base of our wrist at the like where our wrist or our hand meets our forearm, you know, to about midway up our, you know, our wrist to help, you know, in case we get stepped on or something. Right. Like, cause uh, if you get cut, if you get cut down the street, you're going to bleed out.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, well, and this reminds me a lot of finally when they started saying, Hey, uh, half shields for adults and, you know, and officials.
1: Uh, yeah, so well, officials official specifically, right? Uh, yeah,
0: and well, because this is going to go one of those like anybody over eighteen, it is highly recommended. Yeah, but not exactly. required. Well, there yep. was a long time where half shields were were highly recommended but not required not for quiet. officials. Yep. You know, and, and, well, you the, and I I, both pic- well, you and I both Well, you and I both have pictures, pictures of us. Yeah, not like, wearing them. Right. We, we and
1: it, I tell. It's funny because. um it's funny. One of the pictures that I have of me is the first time I lived in Orlando, which was in 2006. And uh, a girl that I was dating a million years ago, she came to the rink one night and was taking pictures of me working men's league. Anywho, in one of the pictures, like and clearly you can clearly see, I don't have a visor on. Well, I, I within a couple of weeks of that of those pictures getting taken, Rob Martell got hit in the eye. Uh, NHL referee Mar- Rob Martell. And, um, he actually lived in the Tampa Bay area at the time and I knew him, I'd met him quite a few times and I see that happen to him. I go, if that happens to him in an NHL game, that could happen to me. I'm putting a visor on. So I've had a visor on since 2006. Oh, wow. Um, that's, that's when I put it on. And I just, I remember getting made fun of like players telling me to roll my window down. Yeah. Cause you know, like no, no referees wore a half shield no and and the guys that did all had like the three-quarter that was like down to their mouth yeah so i made sure to have a oakley straight small yep but i still had one and i made always made sure to wear it right you know and i i always bitch at players whether it be junior or pro like hey pull your freaking visor down dude like wear your visor the way you're supposed to yeah Well, I don't have to look dude like it says in the rule book, your equipment has to be worn properly where you're, you know,
0: yeah. where properly. properly. So, well, and it's funny. Cause like I said, there, there are game pictures and, and you know, Tal the wife was show me pictures, uh, on Facebook where I'm working at SP games. I'm working, uh, you know, USHL games and I have no visor on, you know, it was like, huh? Yep. Wow. Um, I was dumb. I'm I'm sitting there on the goal line, you know, Mm-hmm. without a visor i can't believe we used to do that I and i think at some point we're gonna we're gonna reach that with neck guards yeah. No, you know am i going to wear a neck guard on starting one august probably not you know just yeah. because i didn't start you, you started wearing a visor i didn't yeah i didn't i can't imagine not wearing one now but yeah you know but but it's one of those where like so what do i want it, so what would what, what would I want if I have to wear a neck guard? Well, I'd want it to be integrated with my, you know, just,
1: my Under Armour. I want a tactical turtleneck. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Just right. to just to cover my. You know, one of my favorite shows is is Archer. Yeah, and, uh, which is why my dog his name is Archer. Um, and you know the the early episodes he has uh just the black tactical turtleneck. So, yeah, yeah. You know it the. Uh, TJ Oshie's got those war road ones. Uh, they're selling for like 200 bucks. They got the, they have this wrist slash protection in them and the you know the neck guard and those mm-hmm. sold out. And for those wondering why they're not starting it till August 1st, it's because as if they said it was mandatory next week, there's no way everyone would be able to get them.
0: I'm going to go out there and say that it's going to be tough even by one August. We're going to yeah, have to. Yeah, I, I would say so. You know, I think that the affiliates are gonna have to, gonna have to step in and say, "Hey, there are certain teams that just they just don't have them,
1: uh, yeah. and it's not because well, they don't want to." Yeah, but no, yeah. I, I, th- I think by August will be good, especially now that like everyone's got seven months. Yeah, to get one. So yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see what certification process USA Hockey is going to use. Right, what they're going to recognize. I, I think
1: it's just going to be a net guard. Yeah, I don't, you know, um,
0: I mean, it makes sense. Uh,
1: there, there's no standard, but Hey, who knows? We're still waiting for the verbiage. It was funny. Cause somebody posted like, Oh, when are we going to hear about this? And, and, uh, our buddy Ken Reinhard yeah. just was like, we just passed it yesterday.
0: Literally you're <laughs> hearing it the day after, right? Like stop yeah. complaining. So, you are hearing this the day after yeah. yeah. I, I will give a shout out to those guys. Yeah. Like Got it out fast,
1: they did, which is yeah. good. So, so well, um, moving on, it yeah. Is, speaking of that
0: stuff, like it
1: is currently submit your rule change time on USA Hockey or with USA Hockey. Yeah. Um, I will get the link in the form and we'll put it in the description or I'll post it in the Facebook group. Um, so I we, we were going to record a couple weeks ago and then life happened, so I made a post, Nat and I are recording. With it being the time to submit our rule changes to USA Hockey, let's hear what what you want to do, and we'll we'll cover as many as possible on the podcast. And I think within seconds, somebody commented, bring in the PWHL rule that they're using this year. Yeah, If you score shorthanded, the minor penalty goes away. Right. Only a minor. Right. If it's a major, obviously they're going to sit the full five.
0: Yeah, um, I'm conflicted on this one, man, because there's a part of that that essentially says, hey, if you can cheat, but then your your penalty kill is good enough, yeah. it doesn't matter. It right? doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I still have the, you know, the old adage, that adage, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Right. Right. Um, but I think if I remember correctly, when I was growing up, if we got a penalty and the other team scored on the power play we had to still sit in the box for the whole two minutes, even though our guy got to come back out. Yep. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that was a rule. Um, yep. It might've been when I was like really little. Um, I don't know. I think it's entertain Like if, if we're talking entertainment hockey, so professionals where we got people paying to put yep. their butt in a seat, I don't mind it um, because it, adds to generating offense yeah i would say in kids hockey we're not worried about generating offense we're worried about skill development and i would rather have the team you know play shorthanded the whole time so they can get their shorthanded skills
0: right i mean i agree um yeah, well, well, and I, I kind of want to go back, like, as we talked about rule chain stuff, but I want to go back to the process, right? So, like, what happens Well, if we'll,
1: you... well we can get to the process at the end. <laughs> okay,
0: cool. So, yeah, a couple just, other let's things. Let's just right? go
1: through some of these rule changes, and then we'll right. do the process. Okay, cool,
0: right? So, a couple others. Um. So, uh, we're going to... I'm going to... I've made... I've got a big list here, and I'm going to skip a couple of these to the end. Uh, First off, first off, like, hey, getting rid of delayed offsides yes uh and no, bringing back,
1: say, bringing back oh, yeah delayed. sorry
0: Get, getting rid of the no delayed offsides yeah um i've so got an interesting are we, note on this are one
1: we, are we saying tag up or are we saying old school delayed so we're saying the like defending team gets a free out of the zone
0: yeah no so we're saying like uh go back tag to up. tag up okay all right i will say it's it's really interesting because the nhl from 97 to 2004 They didn't have a delayed offsides. Like it was, everything was automatic.
1: No, it wasn't automatic. It was delayed.
0: No, no. It wasn't.
1: But no, they didn't play tag up. It was not automatic offside. It was. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You just, you just, you just just, like, yes, you could not tag up.
1: The defending team got a free out.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So the, basically, if you were offside and you had a delayed offside, the defend the the offending team would get out of the zone and basically set up a trap, and then right. the attacking team would get a free out. But now the defending the the offending team is set up to trap them, right? And that's what the Devils did for all right. those years, right? And but, then coming out of the lockout, we went back to tag up offsides,
0: right? Yes, oh, so upside, sorry. Thank you for that clarification because that's true. Yes. <laughs> so, but like I said, but, but that's the interesting note, right? So there yeah. are there are multiple takes on offsides and that USA have gone.
1: tried it. Like we tried delayed. It didn't yeah. work because the problem was referee A and referee B and different places didn't call it the same way. So that's why obviously tag up is cut and dry. It's everybody out of the zone and you can go back in that's simple and uh, it needs to come back it just I, I think yeah
0: I think tag up is universal I think mm-hmm. delayed is um, is tough to call I think immediate is you know we we argue that there are too many stoppages. I just think that that immediate offsides is great for lower level skill development, but I don't mm-hmm. think that it allows for higher level skill like yeah you develop the skills you're teaching someone what offsides is and this goes Mm -hmm. into the the fact that the usa hockey rulebook is a cradle to grave rule book right so um it, it has to find a way to be able to say hey from mites and squirts all the way up through competitive u18s and there were a lot of stuff to say hey tier one needs a A separate rule book usa hockey can't do that right u18s had to play u18s and Uh, and unfortunately i think
1: I honestly well no i that's where i'm I'm gonna disagree with you there i think tier one should have its own set of rules i think tier the tier one 14 16s and 18s should be playing with something similar to the ncaa book because ultimately that's where USA hockey wants to get them either the junior to junior or NCAA. Right. And I, I I think tier one, if, if we're going to bring, you know, tag up off sides and then, you know, um, I mean, that should be for everybody, but right. I I think the, uh, the tier one should just have that more cater, the better rule book, um, the NCAA, like I love the NCAA book. I'm not going to like it's the way it's written. We have all the options in the world and at the youth level, your guys that are refereeing, your guys and girls that are refereeing tier one hockey should be your better officials anyway. I agree. So why not also set them up for success and giving them, more leeway in the rules by playing with a more advanced rule book for tier one.
0: I agree. I think that, uh, I think that as we're, you know, over the last few years, as hockey is developing, especially the youth level, I think we're seeing that the NCAA book is better than the junior book. Yep. Um,
1: well, the USA
0: junior book, I'll say because there are junior leagues again, right. USHL is playing the USA junior league book or the USA junior book, but
1: yep. As is the
0: all. Right.
1: And um, then you have the other, you know, you have the USPHL that plays the NCAA book.
0: Right. You know, um, and then the ACHA plays the NCAA book. NCAA book, book
1: right. AAU college hockey. So like a majority right. of players, especially at your 16 and 18 level. Mm-hmm. um, And even the tier two kids, right? Like, they're yeah. not going to play D1 but they're going to go play club hockey we all know right. that right Right. so why not just bring in the NCAA rule book or a modified version of it at the either 15u maybe it started at 15u yep and have separate rules for that i'm um you know i'm not going to say no change on icing because we can't do that cuz they're minors right um, well and, but
0: and- and that's more on the officials than it is on the players, right? Like yeah. the no change on icings, like so. So the the very minor stuff, like you're right, that might be the only time that that team gets mm-hmm. to change because they're just getting pummeled. Yeah. But at the and same I'm talking,
1: time, you know, no hand pass in the D zone. The, yeah. Um, choosing the sides on the power play and the icing. I think um, that will
0: develop. Like, so here's my thing: we talk about developing players. But what about developing coaches right? what about you know matching yep. lines you know so we we manage line changes picking sides on icings and on power plays and that kind of stuff like that that develops mm-hmm. a coach right yep
1: so, exactly and and to like where you're increasing the knowledge for everybody i don't yeah. know i just i i feel like going to a modified version of the NCAA book for fifteens 16s and 18s would be very beneficial for everybody yeah and it it also helps the officials that are moving up right like you got you know your young 20 somethings or you know teen late teenagers working our high level youth hockey they're already used to calling the rules like you would in the ncaa book and then when they step into working you know college club hockey or junior um and even yeah. if they end up in the NAWL or the USHL, right? You know, find a happy medium between the USA Junior book and the NCAA book, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I would agree. I would agree. Heck, just bringing the NCAA book to junior hockey. Uh, Which to the I, and the man, USHL. I am Why such not? a Cause, huge fan. Because that, that they're all going to play D1 hockey, right? Like, right. So, um, you know, doing something like that to prepare the players, but also help develop the officials. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm a big fan of. The NCAA book, because as an official, you have all the tools in the toolbox, all you of them. You do,
0: you do, you know, and I, I think it's something where it's like, I think the NCAA book, and I even think the Federation book for high school, right? Which mm-hmm. I work with a lot here in Michigan. It's great. It, The, the book is literally like with a case book. It is
1: Tiny. eighty pa-
0: it's eighty <laughs> yeah. pages, man. Yeah. If you don't know this book, like I'm holding my hand here because I did well, it's upside down, but I'm holding it here because <laughs> I do, do my rules exam for uh for playoffs. But if you don't know that book, you're like there's no excuse, yeah. you know? So yeah. because it's eighty pages. Yeah. Wow. So easy, right? Like you yeah. do that. The NCAA book is is I get it. The uh, NCW book is a little bit bigger, but they also have some other issues that you've got to deal with that, that yeah. the the high schools are just, they, they just say, Hey, we're not going to deal with that. And they, and they kind of push it aside and that's fair. Yeah. Um, yep. but USA with it's 800 pages.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a lot and it, it could definitely be written better and streamlined. Mm-hmm. Um, I think streamlining would honestly be the most ideal thing to do. But- yeah. Um. let's see, I'm looking at another one here, Uh, standalone major. So so I, here's my thing in the current, the current way we, we do things with USA. I kind of don't want a standalone major. I don't think in the youth hockey level, you should get the benefit of the doubt of a five and stay. I think we should either have a game ejection or a game misconduct. So I agree with you. If you get the major, you're leaving the game either way. Yep. But the severity of it is you're leaving the game and maybe you get to play the next one because we only gave you, you know, the ejection. Now, granted, unfortunately, referees are going to take advantage of it. And that's why you ultimately, that's why we have. If it's a major, it's an automatic game because referees weren't giving the game if they could give the standalone major. Right. Um, so I, 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 I think there needs to be a happy, meet, like a, a middle ground. Um, I, I think it should just, if it's, you know.
0: I agree with you 100% <laughs> on this one, man. Like this is, like Ross, you've got it, right? So I want to be able, I understand that Anybody in youth hockey, if you're committing a major, you need to leave the game. However, yeah. do I really think that you need to leave the next game?
1: Yeah. And, I too, don't. you know, these these parents are paying a lot of money. And they're, say what you will, whatever. right? Entitlement, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think, you know, ultimately, like, these kids aren't going out. Mo- there are some penalties that you're going to call a major on that. It's not like the kid did it on purpose. It's hockey play gone wrong. Yeah. It's a major and you're just out for the rest of this game. You can play in the next one.
0: Right. And I, I, and I want to believe that when you, you know, because let's be honest, major penalties, like major penalties that happen in like the squirt or the, the peewee level yeah that's big right like like yeah like there's not a big difference between a major penalty there and a match penalty it's one of those like Mm -hmm. you're either playing hockey or you're not but as you start getting older emotions are involved all that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. i really do think that that officials should have the option to be able to say hey this player has you know i'm giving a major penalty for cross-checking here yeah and a game ejection he doesn't need to sit out the next game. It wasn't yeah. that egregious. And,
1: and two, if you think about it, right? We have our, pe- our what, five penalties that are an automatic two and 10. Yeah. Give us the five EJ for like stuff that isn't checking from behind. Yeah. You know, maybe keep the five game for all, the only option being five game for check from behind, head contact. But
0: ending, spearing. Um, but in,
1: yeah, those right, the big ones, yeah. But like, if a guy cross checks a guy and it's bad, it's maybe an open ice cross check. Okay,
0: it's in, it's in front of the net, right? It's like, yeah. hey, you know, it's one of those like
1: you look slash, at you go, yeah, right? right? Like now, yeah, you know, major slash or I, I don't know. I, I think there's, there's a way to, to do it. Um, I agree so let's see what's the next one you got on your list
0: so here's one that i think is interesting and i don't know right so allow women to play to to follow the same checking standard as the men right so 14 you and up and right and and this is interesting because this only came up because the pwhl standard is letting them hit exactly and it's and they I, just had their first um
1: Yeah, well they had their first suspension for head contact. It was right, there. which
0: was a solid <laughs> yeah, that was like that's, wow. a, that's
1: a match penalty in any league, whether it's the PWHL, the Southern Pro, the Coast, American League, the NHL, or uh, ACHA. UAC, right, ACHA it's or U game.
0: But Dude, it is that it was, was bad. We were like, wow, that was big, right?
1: But um but, I, I think with the hitting in the women's hockey um, it's interesting because like the PWHL is letting them, you know, get away with a little bit mm-hmm. and a lot of them are learning how to hit and get hit. Now, obviously most of these women played hockey with boys growing up on boys teams, So they're used to it. Right. Um, I say, why not? Like, why not let them? If it's- I agree.
0: I mean, I think it's one of those where if, if the game allows for it, because let's, let's be honest, um,
1: maybe only you know, at the tier one level for girls, right? Maybe, you know, Link. maybe,
0: but, but I, I just refereed, uh, an ACHA D one women's game mm-hmm. and I have not, you know, right on me, bad, probably bad on me. The last one I worked with was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and this one, like the ladies wanted to play, like there was a. There was everything but an open ice check, right? Like they yeah. were, they were, it's obvious that women are being taught.
1: Well, they, t- they get taught up. how to angle.
0: Right. Yes. Taught how to angle, taught how to play the body to get the puck. It, mm-hmm. it really reminds me of what the checking of what checking was not open ice.
1: Yeah. What it should but,
0: be. Right. What it should be 20, 30 years ago. Right. So yeah. it's one of those were, and, and they wanted to play that way. It was one of those, if I called. If I called those as checks, there would have been 50 penalties that game. So, so I, I think that if the ladies want to play that way, why should we stop them? Mm -hmm. You know why it's like one of those, like, other than to say, well, just because they're women, they can't check. Well, yeah, you know what? Like the equipment's there, the safety protocols are there. It is the game and the PWHL games were better because of it. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Why not? Yep. All right. What you got next? Uh.
0: All right. So there's a couple other things here. Uh. No change on icings. We talked about that one. Just yeah. Officiating. You can't,
1: you just, just can't do it in youth hockey.
0: No. Um. Here's one that I thought was really interesting. Right. So there's there's things that that we have in the rule book that even say post game for ten minute misconduct is just a ten minute misconduct. Mm-hmm. But why not make that a game misconduct if it's post game? Because there's no. Yeah. You know
1: well, I mean most referee like if we're smart enough as as a collective group, we're just gonna write it up as a game anyway.
0: you're right, but the rule book technically says, hey, someone does something even if it's in the post game handshake, it's just a ten minute misconduct, so you add ten minutes to the to the score sheet um I think that given given the uh, the amount of folks that that uh, stick to the rules for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term, right? Like, well, it's black and white. Why don't we just say, Hey, if you do something, uh, post game, that's worthy of 10 minute misconduct it's now a game misconduct.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: I thought that's interesting. You know, um, the 3d blue line thing came up. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't,
1: I don't, I, you know, that's a tough one. Um, because honestly, I think all it's going to do is end up promoting lazy officials. Yeah. Um, we have it in college. We have it um, in pro hockey. And it's, I tell you what, it's hard. It's hard. Like when I see a guy's foot off the ice, I'm like, that's, no, it's not. Right,
0: <laughs> right. No, I do like, the same thing. It's
1: like, oh, that's offside. Wait, no, hit, no, his leg was breaking the blue line, right? Well, and two, like, it, it's been causing, um, at least for me, like, it was easier calling the non 3D blue line because you know, I, I you don't have to think about it, right? With the 3D blue line, it's okay, you got to take it all in, and then you got to take a split second to think, okay, his leg was in the air it was over the blue line the puck went over okay we're good right so you know so it's just an extra it's just an extra step in the thought process right
0: well and there's two issues that the 3d blue line brings like so one is parallax you know because well
1: yeah parallax angle
0: yeah. Right. So you're not, you know, we're getting nerdy pilot stuff here, Ross, and I will talk about it here, well, but essentially, no, I what, mean,
1: the 2004 Stanley cup finals, all the Calgary flames fans know about parallax angle,
0: right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it, essentially it's the like, Hey, just because it's going to look differently from where I'm standing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just because of of the fact that that's just how my our eye perceives that, yeah. You know, and then I think and not the other to thing mention
1: is, how many rinks don't have the blue lines that are even visible on the ice. Oh man, don't even yes, exactly. Plus, you know,
0: the other thing is is that not only is it parallax, but it's also like it's not a clear definition. And I'm a big fan of clear definitions, especially when it well, comes to <laughs> well, right. <laughs> yes, but but you are defined like your position on the ice is defined by where your skates are that that is whether it's the crease whether it's the goal like the penalty bench you know you can't Mm -hmm. play the puck from the penalty bench on the ice if your skates are still in the penalty bench right like that's right that's one of those like that's that's just one of those tried and true things so now when we say hey your skates may be in the air well you know it is still something that I think is an ambiguous definition. Yeah, that that just doesn't it just doesn't work, and I think that it should stay easy. Make your skate stay on the ice. It's okay, yep. you know. I I don't know what I'm. I'm the big thing about like oh the 3D blue line that that bothers me is I don't know what problem it solved. What was the problem?
1: You know the pro. Well, in the NHL, the problem it solved was the guy that his foot was an eighth of, the, of an inch off the ice and otherwise onside. side. Yeah. Um, because I guess what they ended up doing on um, when they decided to do the rule was they went back and looked at all the offside challenges. Yeah. And if the rule was in place, um, if the 3d blue line was in place, it was something, it was some crazy percentage like that the goals would have counted. Interesting. Like it was crazy. Like it might've been 70, 80, 90%. So it was something high like that, that when they looked at it, um, you know, okay. His foot is an inch off the ice. Otherwise, other than that, he's on side. So now what is this, the spirit and the intent of the offside rule, right? Yeah. You know, he's not completely over the blue line before the puck. His part of his body still touching is in the neutral zone, and I think too. Right, like the goal line goes straight up indefinitely, which is fair. Or it's, you know, from the, the center line, red
0: line does too.
1: The center red line does. The blue line does. Why not use it? You know, it's fair and it's fair. Obviously the NHL and the American league have replay for offside. So does division one NCAA. So obviously it makes their job a lot easier. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, I, I just at, at the grassroots level, yeah, I don't, I don't like it for youth hockey. I agree. Um, so that would be one of your modifications to that, you know, bringing in like an NCAA type rule book to tier one, I would yeah. still make them play contact with the ice.
0: I think I think that's good too. I also think that it it just teaches the right kind of like awareness for for a player. Yep. Um I'm so a couple fair. you know a couple other things that uh, we'll touch on real quick, right? So one of them I think define what a stick check is. That was something that I wrote down here. I just put kind of a point of emphasis on my notes because you're right, like we talk about stick checks, we talk about that kind of stuff as well, as opposed to We were talking a about slash, it tonight
1: on the Zoom call.
0: And that's exact. Yes, right on Monday you night know, quarterback. Like, that's exactly
1: and my thing is you got to go stick on puck. If you go stick on puck, we're good. Yeah. If you are on the bottom third of the stick. Okay. Beth, that's a best effort.
0: You yeah. Know, you're
1: trying to go stick on puck, but then if you're up in the top two thirds, that's not a stick check. That's a slash. Right.
0: And I think that that would be a very easy thing to define in the rule book that mm-hmm. you, you know, because, because you're right, like bottom third versus the top two thirds. That's something that we use as a technique to be able to call that slash penalty. We even had that one tonight on first look. I was like, yeah, it's a slash all day. And I'll take that. I'll take that one to be like, yeah, I was wrong Mm -hmm. after watching that one a couple of times and talking with Gino and Riles and, and all that. Yeah. Like my first instinct was you got to call that even if it's a five on three penalty. And, um, anyway, but, uh, but I think a definition in the rule book of what a stick check is, I think would be really good. um, a couple other things that I thought were interesting here. Um, right, so one of them was an open net goal uh, is icing, right? So if you, if you ice no. the puck, it's an open net goal. Yeah, that's just not. Again, like we're just going to touch it, but that's a goal. Yeah, it's a goal all day long. <laughs> you know, um, coaches can decline penalties like they can Love penalty it. shots. <laughs> you know, like sure, if you want to. That's one of those things where it's like, you know what? If you want to, okay, take it. You know I don't what? care.
1: And I'm going to call out Evan because he's the one that posted that. Evan, I 100% agree with you coaches because you know, what if, what if my power play sucks? Right. What if, you know, the first two penalty calls against the other team, they've scored two goals shorthanded. I don't want to power play the rest
0: of the game. So the question is like, do you go back to what you, you talked about when you were a kid do you still make the player pl- sit for two minutes yeah, and whistle? Yeah, let
1: him sit in the box, but we're staying five on five. <laughs> I mean,
0: you know what? I'm okay with it. Like, that's one of those where it's like, if that happened, I'd be like, okay. If you were or, really going to do I mean, that. A,
1: a smart coach at that point is just going to tell the referee, just don't call any penalties on them unless it's a major.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, um
1: and i think we got to get to the hot but one of the hot button ones
0: i don't want to talk about well, hang on i've got i've got one more before we get to that one yes <laughs> okay. i got one more before we get to that one uh which i thought was just interesting interesting to discuss Okay. so let uh, it is two majors on the same player under five minutes in the third period the team goes five on three rather than five on four so essentially let's say a player yeah Right, yep. like a player yep. just goes ape, you know, and decides he's a gonna major
1: game check from behind, and then a one man fight.
0: Right, should that team go five on three because with four minutes left, you know, because you're like, well, I'm going to put ten minutes on the board. Yeah, cool. you know, I thought that was it. I just well, just because then, I never thought up, of it.
1: That also brings up the, um. Oh wait, never mind. We we have that rule in USA. Yeah but it was just the uh if if you have a 5 and a 2 with under 5 you put 3 on the board and USA has that so it's the NCAA book that doesn't have that which right. bothers me
0: but it's just one of those things where I was like that kind of makes sense to essentially say hey if a kid if a kid goes 8 with four yep. minutes left do you play 5 on 3 you know what i don't think it would pass because it would be a shit show to test, it would be a shit show to like get everyone on the same page. But yeah. I like where the, I like where this person is. Yeah, I like, I at.
1: definitely like the thought process there. Yeah. Um, because if there's four minutes left, what good is a 10 minute power play? You're right. You know, you know, so yeah, punishing that team for that kid losing his, losing his mind, uh, putting them down five on three for the rest of the game, all for it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like, I like where this guy's like, so I like what that, yeah, that I like.
1: That, I like that one.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it would pass, but I like it. So anyway, mm-hmm. right now, introduce the one that was the biggest of all of them.
1: <sighs> um, two referees, one linesman. I fucking hate <laughs> it. So, OK, here's where I'll start. At some levels, it is a necessary evil. And by some levels, I mean our lower-tier club college hockey. The teams don't have a lot of money, so they might not be able to afford $600 for four guys to show up to all their home games. But they can afford $400, okay? And you know the those lower those games get out of control at times They're other you know you get a lot of blowouts or whatever and sometimes one guy can't do it um so it's a necessary evil i do like it we use it in our d3 with college hockey south it eliminates a lot of crap but the problem is it's confusing for the guy, for the three refs you know, you got a linesman playing monkey in the middle. Um, if there is a fight, which referees the other linesman? Which referees the referee? You know, all things to discuss before the game. And if you, as a crew, you work out the logistics of it. Like if me, Nat, and, you know, Joe Schmoe official are working together and I'm the linesman and Nat and the other guy are the two referees. Like, okay. Um, Nat says, all right, if we're in a, if we have a fight, The the closer referee is the referee. The back referee is the back linesman, right? You know, it works, but there's no such thing as development in that system. You can end up creating more problems than, you know, it it creates more problems than it solves. It does.
0: You know, and I think I have two problems with the system. So the first one is you're right. Like, so everyone says, hey, um, well, you might miss some stuff, like like it. It catches what you miss in the back, uh, you yeah. know, behind behind the play. But and if I'll you say,
1: have linesmen doing their job, right, you don't have that problem,
0: right? You know, because a minor penalty behind the play is not that big of a deal, no, and a major not. is called, and a yeah. and a major is called, you know. Uh, and referees should, as a, and this is part of the development process, is that a referee and the one referee two linesman system should be doing shoulder checks and should know when they need to watch a line change right like like they need to have that awareness to be able to say mm-hmm. hey I got to watch these guys behind the play so the linesman's got the goal yep y- you know and and I'm going to I'm going to take a uh an additional 3 second pause to look over my shoulder while I'm still skating just to watch these guys because well. That's what I need to do. And, and and here's the other thing that I have a problem with on the two and one. And I found myself in this a lot because the MHSAA does two referee, one linesman for the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we do four man for the entire season because everyone okay. agrees that that for high school kids, four man's great. It allows us yeah. to have more officials, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, we do JV, one referee, two linesman. But the the cool thing is, is that yeah, So so we do two ref, two linesmen for the for the season. Then we get into the playoffs. Do you know how many offsides that referee misses? Because as you know, a linesman,
1: the line call is not important,
0: right? You know, and, and let's be honest. Uh, in, if you're in saying that, that a,
1: system, I'm not saying it's not important yeah, during a game, but in that yeah, system, right? You're and, watching and, the penalty.
0: Right. You're watching the play break in. You're watching where things are going. You know, a referee, if a referee is looking at skates and the puck, when the play is coming across the blue line, they're looking at the wrong damn thing. Like that, that's one of those. They need to be watching where the play is developing. They need to be watching where they need to skate to. They need to watch like who the puck is coming to, right? Referees have to be two plays ahead, especially when the puck is, when the play is breaking into the, into the zone so they know where the penalty is going to happen and they know where the mm-hmm. puck is going to go. They can't do that if they're looking for offsides. That's why we have yep. lines, right? Yep. And, and it's why linesmen are really good at their job because they can ignore that and go, I don't care what's going on. I need to make sure that everyone is on side at the blue line.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: But, in, but in a two in one system, you don't get that. And, and that's, no. and, and you and I both know that, to be honest with you, in a close game in the third period with less than five minutes left, line calls are more important than than penalties. You know, you make it a bad can be yeah, absolutely. Right? You make a bad offside call, especially if you don't have replay with two minutes left in a tie game and someone scores a goal. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. That's that's big. But and and if the reason that you miss that call is because you're a referee who's focused on other things. Uh, who should be focused on those other things like you're right that that is a breakdown in the system so i think you know and there's there's a lot of other rumors out there and, and comments about how the two-in-one system is for old guys who couldn't keep up and, and 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 i don't know i i will just say this i'll say if you have a crew that can make the two-in-one system work really well they'll make the one and two system work really well so yeah. i was th- and i think that those three officials would rather do the one and two than the the two yep, in
1: one, absolutely it's just again at some levels it's a necessary evil yes we use it but i i think more often than not unfortunately more often than not it's guys that can't skate the middle anymore and yeah. and let's be honest right like all officials that listen to this i'll, I'll get on my soapbox real quick you got to be honest with yourself when it's time for you to not skate the middle at that level anymore. Like you just have to, um, let, let the young guys do it. Go be a linesman for them. Teach them how to referee. Yeah. You know, share your knowledge because you know, it's all coming. It it was funny. Um, (laughs) So last night I go to see the undertaker do his like one man show. Cause I went to the Royal rumble <laughs> this weekend,
0: which was we talk oh, about, by the way, I'm, I'm jealous about, yeah, it was so know. cool.
1: But where, where I'm going with this is undertaker got asked, you know, do you miss the ring? Like one more match, like, come on. And, and he said, father time's undefeated. You're right. And it gets to a point, whether you're the greatest character of all time in the history of wrestling, Or you're a referee working a youth hockey game. There comes a time when, you know, you're not going to get up the ice up and down the ice as fast as you can anymore. And now it's time for the next guy to do it. And then you be the guy that helps those guys get better. Yeah. And that's an, and on on the two and one, you know, yeah. Yeah. Cool. But no, let's, let's not, no, not never. Never heard right. well, like it. Just it is what it is,
0: right? You know, and here's the thing about the two and one. The two and one just neglects the linesman job, right? Like the development yeah. of the linesman. Linesmen yeah. are so much more important than yeah. what you might the two as well just do the was
1: game two man. Yeah, correct. And have a guy yeah. sit in the penalty box with skates on to help you break up a fight if there is one.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just one of those where it's like, hey, I would, yeah, like like you said, hey, if if. And again, th- there are places where you got to do it. I mean, you know, if a team can't afford it and things can go sideways, it, it has to be a consideration. Should you? So the the question now that that has been presented to us, and again, this is just our opinions. Should USA Hockey adopt the two and one? USA Hockey is a developmental model. Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, it, no. It's like just, the two and one is a. Anything.
0: Right. The two and one is, you know, it's sitting there in center field to catch balls. It's, it's yeah. there to, it's, there as an option for a guy like, again, like, so for you as college hockey South, yeah. it is an option for you to be able to enact.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's one, it's just, it's a cost saving thing. Yeah. Like we'll call it what it is. It just, yeah. it helps the teams get their games in. You get two referees out there and it costs them 200 less dollars or 160 less dollars, whatever it ends up being, to staff their games. And over the course of the season, that's a couple grand. right? So it just, you know, for a team, for the D3, the lower level teams on a smaller budget, you know, that money adds up because a lot of those teams are self-funded for the players. So we get it. And that's why we won't, as much as I would love to push them to go four-man, we don't need it. So we just go two and one, and it just it is what it is, right? So you know, that's that's but, my thoughts on two and one,
0: right? Well, and, and you know what's cool is that I will say like what's great about so the women's the women's games in uh, Western Michigan
1: mm-hmm.
0: for ACHA they do one and two, they don't do two and one, yeah. Um, it and and that ends up it it it's good. Well, it's right? a good it's, thing, right? It's it's a great thing because it allows what that does is that it allows us to be able to put a new referee in the NCAA rule book, you know, by themselves with a couple of linesmen in a, you know, it's women's hockey, right? So it it can still be good, but it's not, Mm -hmm. um, it's not as physical and, and while women, women throw out some chirps, I will say that. Right. But like they, they're, (laughs)
1: <laughs> i will not repeat the things i've heard female hockey players say i
0: can't right like like letter no, Kenny had it right right you're like y'all
1: are savages
0: you are for any you know,
1: females that listen y'all are savages
0: i i just i i heard one the other day and and i can't i can't share it publicly but i'll just put it this way I, I, we shared it in our 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 chat um our grumpy ref club but uh holy <laughs> crap i blushed and i was like i'm just gonna go skate over here and do the line change you guys like need to
1: yeah, yeah. I wow. mean, Letter Kenny got it right with Betty Ann and Marianne. Yes, like, we'll just leave it
0: at that. <laughs> we will, right? Like y'all are. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> right, but but other than that, right? Like, but but women's hockey is is uh, it's not it's not necessarily as uh, as apt to go off the rails. So it allows really well for a one referee, two linesman system to be able to develop, like, and and in, in the NCAA rulebook, and I love it for that yep but yeah dude so i don't have a whole lot of other we had one mm-hmm. of those yeah no change on icing standalone majors um
1: oh we need to cover policies. another hot topic of the week
0: what's that
1: a fight down by the net what do you do
0: oh man all right so so i was taught as a young linesman, before and I was
1: I, taught the same damn thing.
0: Right before I started refereeing, and I taught the, as a young linesman, you have two willing combatants. You clear the ice for them. You get yep, the nets. Clear you get the, the sticks. You clear get the, gloves, the area. You clear the area for them. You move the net. I, you know when I saw that video of, and and, and you don't do that as a referee. Like right? that's on the linesman. So, yeah, so the no, video that's the linesman's job. Right. So I but i saw that video and i saw a bunch of folks the referee in the
1: video was doing exactly what she was supposed to be doing
0: yes absolutely and the back
1: referee who's not in the film um, is probably doing exactly what he's doing supposed to be doing telling all the players yep. to get away making yep. sure no one comes off the bench
0: yep going to the benches like yep. boys benches 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 right pointing yep. uh, yes so i think that that's one of those where i was taught from day one that you, it's on you if they fall into something. It's on yep. you as a linesman, right? Yep. Because because you're I there. Mean, I've again. seen some
1: old school videos, like uh, linesman picking up a guy's stick and yeah. just using the guy's stick to like shoot away the gloves and the helmets and all that kind of stuff. Right? Like that's right. what they did back. Like yeah, awareness of the tools we got around you. Now, yeah. granted, this this altercation started by the boards and ended right. up going backwards towards the net um so maybe that situation i don't know i'm kind of 50 50 there because of where it started but still like if you have the opportunity to to get something out of the way you might as well
0: right so and it goes to the fact that we're there for player safety right and and again it's one of those like well i'm not gonna like they're a willing combatant so we're not gonna stop them from yeah getting punched in the face or punching someone in the face but we are going to stop them from stepping on something that that could make things worse right yeah so or
1: absolutely.
0: you know it's it it would be the same thing where it, if if a door is open would you let them keep fighting no, no. you wouldn't right no, so not at all it it that's just kind or, of, one of those. you know
1: maybe position yourself between them and the net and if they start coming your way try to like force them away from it right yeah like yeah because if you if you're there you might be able to like Uh, put your you know arm up and the guy's back and kind of force him around it. Whatever, right? Yeah, just tell him like net's
0: over here, net's over here, right? It's the same net behind and
1: and two like being vocal, right? Net behind you, net behind you, or you know something, just whatever, right? So
0: yeah, because hockey players are smart enough, especially at the levels where they can
1: fight, Mm -hmm.
0: that you know you don't. You know, it's one of those like it, this isn't a 16U game where two guys yeah. are swinging wildly, right? Like, you know, and in that case, our job is to stop young players from fighting, no matter what anyone says, like, hey, they want to fight, whatever. Like, at the end of the day, we can't allow children to fight. You no, know, we have to be cognizant of our own safety mm-hmm. and all before we go in. But, yeah. you know, technically, we can't allow children to fight. But that yep. league, Okay, at that point, they're not, you know. Yeah, that's I a agree. whole. That's a whole different level.
1: And so. I, I, think one more thing to touch on, um, is just the abuse from the parents and coaches lately. We had, I know, we had a member in our group get approached at a gas station after a game. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um. To that, I'll just say, everyone, keep your eyes on a, you know, keep your head on a swivel, keep your ears open. Um with parents just just get enough's enough it's time to just start tossing parents and coaches if yeah. they get to be too much, just get rid of them, tell them to leave if they don't leave, run the clock till they do. Yeah. They'll get the message real quick um and if you're outside the rink and something like that happens, um and you have your phone, i mean don't be afraid to call the police call the and police. tell them what happened and also don't be afraid to, you know, like if, if something like that happens to me, the first thing I'm gonna do is well, not the first thing, but one of the things I'm gonna do is let our state referee in chief know. Like, yes. hey, I was I worked a game at RDV tonight and I went to the gas station next to Chick-fil-A across the street and uh one of the parents on this team from this rank that I just worked this game. Came up to me and said this to me, um, and let them know so that yeah. the governing body of you know maybe Sehoff finds out and then they you know go from there. Yeah, and I would get the pertinent information too, like I, you know, maybe get his license plate number or something.
0: Yeah, but, I, I would say. I mean, that,
1: obviously that's a rare thing, and it's it, not like it's happened. But you know, just just be safe, be careful. Yeah, you know, it, like.
0: You know, and the, and the interesting thing on that is, is that Ross, you and I aren't going to have those problems because like I'm 41 years old and I'm an adult, right? Who's yeah. going to have that problem is that 16 year old kid and how do yeah. we support them? Well, right. So like, uh, and, no, and if anyone's a scheduler out there, if anybody is, you know, if, if anybody tells you that happens and they're one of your officials, you should oh. absolutely be supporting them a thousand percent. Right. Yeah, so just sure. because they didn't contact the ref, this, the, the district referee and chief doesn't mean that you shouldn't be right? Yeah, like exactly. that's one of those, like if you hear this stuff and you know it was from a 16 year old kid and you, even if you yeah. hear it in a locker room two weeks afterwards, like you got to support that guy because that's not normal and it's not okay. And I think that's one of the things that we as older guys just don't mm-hmm. get and we don't understand. We don't remember what it was like to be.
1: Well, and not only that too, I definitely feel like the parents act different when there's two young kids out there reffing than when there's an adult. Yeah, refing, which yeah. is sad. Um, Should be the opposite, but, right? Yeah, but that just it is. You know, that's one of those things, right? Like, right. Yeah, you, know, you know, up in Canada, they wear the green armband to show that they're not eighteen. In some provinces, they do that.
0: What do you think and, about that as a rule change? Um, I mean, I'm springing on this idea. Like, I, I we just, didn't talk I about this. So.
1: I don't know how effective it is. Um I would have to actually ask some of our um our, either friends. our listeners or people in the Facebook group like that work in those provinces that have it yeah. um i don 't think i would i don 't think I would mind i think i would I, I would be interested to try it out to see if it curves behavior yeah. um you know for the young with the parents with the young referees, but at the same time like the problem there what 's going to happen is parents are going to track and they're going to be like, well, my team had this many games with officials that were under the age of 18 and that team had this many games. Right. You know, so then they're going to, yeah, I I think it's just one of those things that I think it's a red help. Yeah. It could also hurt. And we kind of do something like that in our association anyway here Mm -hmm. um if you're not 18 you don't wear a number if you're over 18 Mm -hmm. you should be wearing your number interesting um but that's that's just how we do it but
0: i mean i i don't don't necessarily it's one of those things where i don't i'm hesitant to identify someone right like to give someone exactly you know an additional mark that says that you're different yeah. So treat you different, right? Like at yeah. the end of the day, nobody should be treated that way. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want, and and that's my only concern, right? Is that it's like, Hey, if we do that, um, you know, I, I understand that. And there's a lot of good intentions there, but at the same time, it's like, well, what's the difference between a 19 year old and a 17 year old? Not Nothing. a whole lot. Right. Yeah, so, definitely not. So and I don't want to identify, I I don't want to identify anyone as someone who's in a first year or new or a level Mm -hmm. one or whatever. Like, you know, if if you're qualified, you're qualified. Um, and if you're young, you
1: know, (laughs) something else just popped into my head, but you can finish your thought.
0: No, I said like, if you're qualified, you're qualified. And if you're not, you're not. And everyone who is qualified is qualified. I don't want to identify someone to be like, we are qualified, but you're 17. Mm -hmm. Well, because then the parents are going to be like, Oh, well, you know, that referee was wearing the green armbands. I
1: don't yeah. Care,
0: right. So I, yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't necessarily agree, but yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Um, and the other thought that just popped into my head um, was with it being a rule change year, I think levels are going to change. Yeah. What would if you had this is putting you on the spot now. If you had the pen. Okay. What would you do to change the level system?
0: So here's what I would do. Like, and I, like I have, I have, I've thought about this a lot and I've told a lot of people this uh, locally, but here's what I would do. We would have first year officials is is like we we would get rid of the one, two, three, and four. You have first year officials, you have returning officials and you have instructors and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tenured officials would be instructors. You know, there's, there's, because if you're tenured, if you're around and you're going to be long enough, like that's fine. And 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 every tenured official should be an instructor. If you're not an instructor, you're wrong because you need to be teaching the young guys. So
1: 100% agree. I,
0: I think that that's just how it is. And mm-hmm. I think that um, no longer should we have level requirements for national tournaments. If you're good enough, you're good enough. If you're not, you're not. That's the onus is on the district referees and chiefs and the local supervisors and the state supervisors and all that kind of stuff to let someone know if they're good enough or not. And, yep. and, but that's what I would do. Okay. Um,
1: so I would also get rid of the levels. Yeah. Um, we would have you either call it beginner, intermediate, advanced, or and so that yeah. keeps levels, I guess. But basically, you know, we have our, our, your first two years, you fall in one bucket. And then after your first two years, you've fallen. You know the, you've been doing it for two years, so another bucket. And then the other thing I would do is, um, those first two years, your education focuses on the basics, Mm -hmm. and then after that, we're adding on to it and CEUs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But the big thing I would. And I I would like to see CEUs throughout the season, okay. Instead of
0: so CEU
1: define. Oh, I'm sorry. CEUs is continuing continuing education units. So once every three months, everyone has to go on and watch. Now, obviously, people are going to probably complain about this, but here would my thing would be. If you're always doing your CEUs, you don't have to go to a seminar. Like the seminar thing would be gone. You do seminars your first two maybe your first three years. And then after your third when you start your third year, that's when your CEUs start. Okay. So then you just go on and we'll just we'll keep that like August time frame to pay our registration. Yeah. But every three months, you know, you put out a couple of modules. For all the officials and everyone, just has to log in in their th- in that quarter and yeah. just do it. You know, maybe even make it. It could be an hour worth of training once every three months. I or, like it. You know, it, it, it's almost like a Monday night quarterback
0: thing, right? Like you do one where, Monday night quarterback, like uh, a quarter one.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, hey, some, we've got yeah, some videos, like yeah, that, right. Um, and then two, I think what we need to do. Is with the registration process when you pay, when you do your registration after you're that third year official. There's two buckets. A do you want to work? Yeah, basically, do you want to work a national tournament? Yes or no. If you click no, cool, awesome. You know you can still rev. Uh, obviously, we're not going to prevent you from anything. But yeah. when you click yes, now maybe you're. You know, now USA has a a list now of all the guys across guys and girls across the country that are interested in potentially working in national tournament. Okay instead of having to send out like they send out that show of interest form or whatever. Yeah. Um and then once you do I would say to get to that tenured status, I would say year five or maybe I don't know, maybe year five, year six. You're eligible to go to tenured, mm-hmm. and then once you hit your tenured status, now you go back to once a year um, or maybe you do I don't know CEUs twice a year, yeah, you know, like maybe once every six months or one one couple hour one you know once a year. But yeah. I think uh, that just the training, having a more of a constant cycle instead of a just once a year death by PowerPoint. Yeah. Um I think, I think that would work. Um I mean, heck they could, and to like, you could make an, an app in iOS, right? Every, yeah. Most people have an iPad or an iPhone or, I mean, I got an Android, but you know, make it to Same. where you can do it there or, you know, I don't know. I think that's, that's what I would do. I think that's yeah. how I would change it. I I'd know like it. I like it. It would take a lot of work. Um, And the nice thing about that is though, right? Like every, every quarter you could focus on one specific type of thing. Yeah. Like you can talk about aggressive penalties, maybe then the next one positioning, you know, and you just constantly roll it and we're bringing in new footage and new instructors and all that. So that, that's just what I would do.
0: No, I, I agree. So I think something that was interesting 20 years ago, Uh, Kevin Upton in the state of Virginia when he was the Virginia state supervisor before I think Dave Boyer is now great guy. Um, But Kevin Upton, um, he came up with this idea of splitting level three seminars and you had the level three development and you had the level three sustainment. And the idea was, Hey man, you're a level three. Like, if you don't want to go on to be a level four and work national tournaments, then you're going to go to the level three sustainment. And, and yeah. you are a salt of the earth official and you're very valid. But what you need to focus on is completely different from that level three. Who wants to move on and go to regional camp, national camp, to go to level four and work higher? Hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was 20 years ago when we actually started doing that in Virginia. And there was a lot of success with it because the level yeah. three development camps yep. were 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 really good and we had you know great instructors who were working pro hockey at you know and and teaching 16 17 18 year olds but then yeah. the level three sustainment was like you know the it, those well, seminars you know that's, were where, taught you at that, a,
1: that's yeah. where you take that bucket of guys are you interested in going to nationals or are you just you know yeah. just want to go referee and like, and then we, we did that for a long time here with our level three seminars. We'd have new level threes and returning level threes. Yeah. Um, you know, the returning it, level three seminar, or the advanced level three seminar was much shorter than right. the uh, new level three seminar. Right.
0: And, and, and there was a focus on the level three sustainment was, uh, that it was okay. Well, you're not necessarily an instructor, right? Because in USA hockey instructor mm-hmm. just means you instruct. Uh, seminars. You're not an on ice instructor, but we took that level three sustainment and said, how do you teach a level one on the ice yep. with them? And that was, that was incredible that that was not in the, it didn't take off. Instead they went with the online module system instead of that system, which I understand because for reasons, but, but it was one of those, like, that's what's missing. I, I think, you know, it, when what boils down to everything what's missing is is that we have a lot of folks in USA hockey who've been refereeing for many years that mm-hmm. we've never taught how to work with a level 1 how to teach yeah. level 1 well, we yeah
1: well we never them. taught them how to teach right? right
0: it but we don't need but we only send what 48 guys a year to instructor camp come mm-hmm. on there are more than 48 guys a year who instruct in USA hockey on the officiating side yeah so,
1: so, well, that'd be another thing for tenured status. Like when yeah. you go to the symposium, not everybody there is an instructor, but maybe add to the tenured program uh, part of the day or fundamentals
0: maybe, of instruction.
1: Yeah, a fundamentals of instruction. And then yeah. once you're tenured, granted, you haven't gone to instructor camp, but hey, you're, you're getting a class on the fundamentals of it. And now yeah. that you're tenured, to keep your tenure, personally to me, if you're tenured, you should be instructing. And to Absolutely. keep your tenured status, you should have to instruct one seminar a year. I agree. Like that might, maybe teaching the seminar is your CEU for the year. It's your seminar.
0: Well, you know, and we used to do that. We used to literally, you know, and I know that you've, you may have yeah. done this before, but it was like when in the Southeast, we would, count ourselves when we were teaching a seminar well that was our still our seminar
1: yeah that was your seminar well if you were yeah. a level three and if you're doing right. level, yes, four, if level, do you level four let, let yeah, do you let, gotta let do the skating that. test
0: you, right yeah but, but but yeah i don't know so yeah man
1: give back that's all we're trying to say yeah
0: <laughs> there's there's so many good stuff in officiating man It's mm-hmm. cool Uh um, well I think that's about all that yeah, we've got. Yeah, I think got, that's it. Man.
1: We're we're at an hour and 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. Just up rambling next. about I, stuff.
1: I, I, I don't know. <laughs> the
0: up next the one thing I want to do, I'm I'm still aggressively pursuing this and and all and I think it would be good. I'm I'm looking for a I'm looking for a sports psychologist to come in and talk about the mid-season hump and getting out of a slump uh and recovering from a bad game. So if anybody knows anybody out there who's connected to a hockey officiating that wants to come and talk about that stuff, let us know. Um, and, uh, yeah. And we'll start that relationship because I think that's something that, uh, that I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple yeah. of months. So, yeah.
1: And we're going to try to get back on the interviews too. I know we haven't done one in a while. Uh, I got a few yeah. people, um, might have, might, uh, bring some people back. Um, I know great. our buddy Eric with the BCHL is chomping at the bit to come back on. Oh man, there's um, so
0: much that's been happening there too oh, up yeah. north like
1: Oh, I know, north of the border, that ooh, drama. Get out the right. popcorn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that right. that like, will definitely be a popcorn uh listen episode. It is.
0: Well, there. and and then did you hear Travis Jackson came back to officiating? I know. Action,
1: we got to get Action Jackson back yeah, action on Jackson. to talk about he how they to- how, how they pulled him out of retirement.
0: I don't know how. I don't know how, but you know what? Like we I want to talk to that man. Yeah.
1: We got to have have him on again too. So yeah. Well, with that, Nat, any closing words?
0: (sighs) We've said it all. I've got nothing for, I've got nothing other than I'm just glad that we're here talking together again, man.
1: Cool, man. Well, everybody, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. (laughs) If you're still listening this long in, uh, thanks for listening. And Nat and I will catch you guys next time on the Team Stripes podcast.
0: dude.